I need your help. I have to ask Lorraine out, but I don't know how to do it. All right, okay, listen, keep your pants on. She's over in the cafe. All right, there she is, George. And just go in there and invite her. Okay, but I don't know what to say. Well, just say anything, George. Say, well, whatever's natural. Well, the first thing that comes into your mind. Nothing's coming to my mind. And we've all been in those situations where something is very important to us, a top value, asking someone out on a date, and for a moment we may shift perspective and lose our confidence, or maybe we're unprepared, someone puts a microphone up to you during a family event and says, okay, tell me your most passionate feelings about your father or your mother, you know, I would love a tribute from you, and you just freeze because, number one, you're unprepared, number two, it feels intrusive, it's not voluntarily coming from you, number three, maybe you have very mixed feelings, feelings about that person, your parent, your mom or your dad or whoever it is, and you're not ready to talk. Number four, maybe you feel insecure. You haven't spoken in public, and that's one of the biggest fears people have, public speaking. And so there could be multiple other problems that lead you to get tongue-tied. That's what we talk about on this show, how to get untongue-tied, how to give yourself a voice, how to value yourself, how to understand all of those messy emotions that take your life down many notches. You don't want to do that. You want to bring your life up. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist, and that means you can get on the line right now and call me with any question that's robbing you of your happiness. And right now, I want to welcome Dana to the show. Dana, you're having some difficulty in your life? Yes, I am. Yeah? I feel like I'm kind of going down that slippery slope of depression, and I'm beginning to lose my um, confidence in people, I guess. Okay. I, well, I, I, I've had a, a, a job change. And I'm starting a new business, and I'm going out, and I'm doing a lot of networking, and I hear a lot of people talk about the vibrations they put out in the universe are going to come back to them tenfold, and all of these kind of irrational premises that I, that I don't prescribe to. And I'm, since I'm bombarded with that every single day, I'm beginning to just feel like, God, is aren't there any rational people out there to speak to and to, to do business with, and that, that's part of it. Okay. The can, other part of it. Okay. I, um, I almost want to pause on that one and make a few comments, um, but well, go ahead. Tell me the whole thing. It, right. The other part of it relates to it also. There's um, a girl that I've met um, fairly recently, I, I don't know, a few months ago, and her husband um, has been making passes at me, and it's not just that they're making he's making passes that are that can be construed as something different. They are very, very obviously he wants to get with me sexually. And um, this is somebody who should know better. And I'm, so it, again, makes me lose confidence in people. I mean, he, he should know better, not just because he's a married man, but because of him. I mean, he, he should know that this is not right to do, and I feel stuck because, you know, do I tell his wife, although she's not really my friend, I just kind of know her, and we're developing sort of a friendship, mm-hmm. or not, and I'm, so I, right now, I don't like people, <laughs> and and I hate saying that because, like, I'm a person, and I can't dislike people because I am one, but 
I don't like dealing with them anymore. I'm beginning to not like them anymore. And the whole dating scene and the whole man scene. I don't know. Just everything. Are you dating? You're no, not... I'm not. Okay. Are you married? You're not married then, Avi. No, I'm single. You're single. Okay. So it's the I don't like people that's bringing you down the most. You feel like you're around people who are irrational, who are, uh, I'll throw out some things, but you said uh, vibrations in the universe coming back to haunt you or something, or uh, fortune telling, or uh, mystical in other ways. Um, yeah. And just it just feels like I want to live in a world where there are people who are rational, who value life, who value joyous friendships, not friendships that are laden with duty and guilt and anxiety, where you can't speak your own mind. But I want people who are alive, who, who love life. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing as your longing, as your desire. And when you actually come across people, it, uh, it's pulling you way down because the data in reality is telling you what, Dana? Well, my, the data in reality to me is telling me that life is, I mean, it's worth living and happiness is possible and things are possible. I mean, to be out there and living and being wonderful is possible, but it seems like the data is also telling me that there are so many people that don't know how to be rational, I guess, that I'm beginning to wonder if they're out there. I mean, I know that they are. I understand that they are, but I, like, where, <laughs> where okay. are they? I don't. You've read Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, I or have. no? Okay. Yes, I have, and I'm rereading it now. Oh, that is and going... It's probably it's probably the only thing right now that's keeping me from kind of puncturing. I, I mean, it is really helping me out rereading it again now for that the That book time. will help you see that rationality can never go away in reality, that there will always be people who are rational that there are always going to be good people and the goal is to find them the goal is to, you have several goals one is to recognize that people that you speak to on a day-to-day -day basis can hold very irrational ideas and of course they're going to hold they're going to have mixed premises you know a combination of ideas and some of their ideas are nice you would enjoy that aspect of their company so you could relate to them on a limited basis you know, I go to my cobbler. Yes. Now, he may be, I don't know, he may be one of those roly people. Um, and you know what I'm saying, the high roll, what do they call them? I can't think of the term right holy now. Roll. What? Holy roly. Holy rollers. You know, he may be like that. I don't think he is. But, but we relate on a wonderful level because we don't take the conversation there. Right. So y y you're pulling the best out of the people around you. That's one way to cope. Uh, another is to know that very good people exist, and sometimes you just need one person in your life who's rational and solid and happy and uh, vivacious, or or at least they can be quiet, but they can be they just a nice soul, a nice person, and that can help. That's like a lifeline for you. That that will help. Let me talk about the friend right now, with yeah. the husband who's making overt passes. You need to you can name it to him. You know, I notice you're making these passes it makes it very awkward i'm trying to develop a friendship with your wife and this is this is very uncomfortable for me i don't know if you've done that no i haven't said it that way okay you name the I haven't, I haven't been i haven't been really in a position to just speak to him face to face and say 
don't, you know, don't do this. Yeah, this is making me uncomfortable. Oh, you could say it right in front of his wife, you know, if he's rolling. What does he do? He uh, he has sent me a a couple of emails, and he's just like, whenever I'm looking at him in a crowd, he's looking right at me, and and, and it's like, okay, well, like, stop, or he'll wink, or... You know, yeah, so he's he's overtly them. flirting. Well, in one of yes. the emails, you could say, you know, I'm uncomfortable receiving these emails, and I'm I'm enjoying my friendship with your wife, and this is interfering with it. Like you can just put a boundary there, and you may need to use a broken record, repeat it more than once. Do you tell her or not? Well, as long as you're not, re- are you reciprocating? Are you winking back at him? No, no, no. then. I'm not in- at all. Okay, then you need to let him know you're not interested and that this is not this is not it's not fueling your sense that people can be relied on because the husband's doing it in the re- t- context of being married. Um and you know, he's not on the dating scene. And you can just connect with the wife and just put him on the side burner if if she's the top value if the if and that's what you're wanting, good people in your life. If you're valuing her, he is secondary. He doesn't count. You don't need to take him seriously, but you do need to put a boundary there. Listen, thank you so much for your call, Dana. I wish we had more time. But hold on, I'll talk with you off uh, off the air. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. One major destroyer of romance, and in fact of all relationships, is the threatening or initiating of physical force. Devin's relationship with Lydia is an example. He would bark orders at her, criticize her relentlessly, and slap her around whenever she talked back. If she tried to call a friend or her parents, he would yank the phone away from her. He did not let her spend money without his permission. She felt sick and trapped and often fantasized about escaping to a safe place. Before the marriage, Devin had seemed like a confident, take-charge guy, but she had not realized until too late what, in quotes, take charge meant to him. He was a control freak. Lydia should not just have fantasized about running away. She should have walked out. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com, and you can buy the book at amazon.com.